Hello, friends! Welcome to episode 85 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I am Sarah. And I'm Rob. How are we doing, Rob? Um, I'm feeling the stress of, like, the holiday hitting, but it's yeah. not the stress of the holiday that's getting me. It's all of the people compressing work prior to it oh yeah it is it is so obvious this year that everybody's, everybody's like he's doing the the pre-vacation rush yeah i think that's part of it but yeah. i think it's also oh my god it's the end of the year because again time was irrelevant up to this point mm-hmm. and now time is relevant because you know 2020 is coming to an end there and were no gods fiscals. and no masters before yeah so uh, I'll, I'll take a uh, a uh a phrase from uh, your codex uh, with Sean. Uh, it's like a powder keg balanced <laughs> on a knife's edge. edge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that mean? Nope. Nobody knows. Nobody right. knows what that means for right, real. So, right. um, so yeah, there's, 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 there's that definitely feel in the air. And then, uh, of course, it's it's snowing here in Michigan, oh, and yeah, uh, not good. a lot, but just enough that everybody doesn't know what they're doing again. Yeah, just it's it's same same story every year. Everybody forgets what snowflakes are, and uh, yeah. Traffic, it's all screwed up for about a week. And Accidents and, and, and craziness. So uh, we, uh, we we try to, to manage. We try to manage. We've, uh, we've got some D&D coming up. We do. Um, we Your played, game first. We played Sean's game last weekend. Yeah, how did that go? It went pretty well. It went pretty well. Um we uh, uh, bopped around a little bit. There's a lot of a lot of uh, you know uh, like role play between uh, between characters and between NPCs and stuff like that. Um, so that was that was pretty nice. Uh, we hit level four, so I got to uh, see how overpowered paladins quickly become. And nice. Oh nice. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and uh, so your next game um, coming up is going to be mine on the 27th, and then I think yours is just after the first of the year. Yeah. Did we decide on the third? Is it what? Is it what? Uh, I th- no, I think it is before. Actually, is it? okay, we'll have to double. It's check, just before. You know what? Times are relevant. One so. way or another, though, we got some. We got some D and D stacked. Yeah, up. we got some stacked up. Uh, we also have our our thirtieth show, the thirtieth of this month. We've yeah. got our show that we are doing. I am going to plug that again. Uh, that we are doing our listener appreciation, and everybody is welcome to the live stream chat. Yeah, uh, so that will be turned on um, beforehand for everybody, uh, and we welcome you and any new listeners who want to jump on that. Uh, we will be doing giveaways that day, and so we uh, we hope to have you to answer some questions to go. Over the year to kind of wrap some stuff that we may have not gotten in the other shows at the same time and uh kind of just have a nice nice wrap up to the year yeah we have some really really nice gifts to yeah. give away we're hoping um, that we get uh, to get those who join us in the live chat so yeah. um if you're if you're listening to this recorded um if you are able to make it wednesday 7 p.m eastern time the uh, december 30th yep um the live chat will be open to everybody mm-hmm. please join us join us on the discord um yep. you can find that link tweeted out pretty much every week yeah um and uh join us there like i said we have some really nice gifts to give away and we'll be yeah. giving those out randomly to people in the live chat during the show yes but we have a show this week we do um so uh, as we've mentioned before on the show one of the uh perks of being a top tier patreon is that you uh gain contributor status you get to basically make suggestions for shows that you want us to do and we mm-hmm. do them yep um so a while ago uh one of our our contributors Knox in the box mm-hmm. um made the suggestion that we talk about live action role playing yes not something he was terribly familiar with and uh just kind of wanted our rundown on it so that is what we're doing this week uh, which is uh, we both have done it yeah yeah um, we've multiple occasions experience. over the years um funny enough we didn't meet there but many of our circles of friends did it's like um, all the friends who introduced us were larp friends but we were not larp friends correct i think i saw you on 
one of the fields once or twice, uh-huh. and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, I I was a DM mm-hmm. uh, for the the game that you did play. Yeah, uh, one of the games you did play, I should say, because you two or three, if you include, I, I guess, three different systems. Yeah, three different systems. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a long time since I've LARPed. I will say that. Yeah, there's there's a part of me that kind of itches to go back, but there's also another part of me that realizes I'm 41. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's not going to go so well. Yeah, running around in dark woods uh, and falling down on knees and things just does not seem like a good idea. Like you lost me at running. Like yeah. everything after that was just a bridge too far. Like I creak when I get out of bed, so I'm yeah. not, you know. And yet I know people who are 10 plus years my senior who are still in the SCA, yeah. still fighting, still doing amazing, amazing still combat. In, still in shape, I think, is the word you're looking for. Uh, form. Shape and form. I yeah. think that that's the key. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll address it later, but uh, there was one man who it was more than role playing for him mm-hmm. and not in the negative sense. Yeah. Um, I think I met today's Don Quixote. Oh, it was beautiful. Okay. It was absolutely beautiful. So let's get into this a little bit. Let's start in the past. All right. So let's, let's start off like we usually do with these, with these sort of broad topics. What is LARP? As far as I am concerned, mm-hmm. um, LARP is merely the live adaption of uh, taking the personification of a character with others um, in a environment. It, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a story or a setting environment because it could be modern day. Um, and it is make-believe. It is children's make-believe mm-hmm. with some rules. Not always Hard rules, but rules. The things that kept you from beating the shit out of one of your friends when they were just like, I'm a superhero. And you're like, you can't be a superhero. That just ruined the whole game. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I have laser beam eyes. No, nobody here has laser beam eyes. Why are you doing this? You right, know? right. Um, you know, the Mary Seuss. It, it, it cuts that back. Um, at least, it, and I would say that at, at the lightest form. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think uh, live action role play um, takes a lot of, of different forms. Um you know, from from your typical fantasy LARP, I think everybody's seen that video on the internet of, you know, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. Yeah. And I mean, okay, it looks unflattering, but at the same time, though, that is kind of, you the know, truth of the, it? The, the truth of it. Like, it's 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 a very authentic clip, I think. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I, I think out of context, though, is, is the problem, is that you don't understand, you're not, you're not one of the players, you're not into it and stuff like that. And yeah. I, I think the, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the immersion level later, but... Very much so. I think that makes a huge difference. It, it makes a huge difference when you're a spectator but to, but, uh, or, or when you're a player. And, and I think to the same degree, you could say the same thing about, like, football. Like, if you're watching yeah, sure. peewee football... And and you're watching a ham can you know a, hand, a handheld you know uh, you know uh, cell phone video of it, it's going to look ridiculous to you. What's going on out there? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You may, especially if you don't even know that they're playing American football, they're actually playing rugby, but you think it's American football, right. and suddenly everything <laughs> right. doesn't make sense at all to you, right? Because the rules don't apply. And then if you watch something like you know uh, you know pure English football, and it's you know. Uh, Carrie versus Dublin, mm-hmm. and you're like, this is incredible. 
Because you're seeing them at the top of their game playing in a, a rule set that is clear and easy to watch, even though you aren't being told the rules because you're seeing professionals. You're seeing seasoned individuals do it. I'll give you a slightly different metaphor for that, okay. to, for that, for that LARP clip. Okay. It's the difference between being a sports fan mm-hmm. and sitting on the couch and like jumping up out of your seat and mm-hmm. screaming at the TV when the big play happens. Yep. And not knowing what the hell is going on and watching yeah. other people scream at the TV <laughs> that the one guy passed the ball to the other guy. Yeah. Okay, I guess that's worth screaming about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that is like, I mean, but you could say that with like watching Critical Role. Yeah. You know, some people are like, what are you watching? You literally sat for four hours and watched people play Dungeons and Dragons. Well, yeah, of course I did. Yeah, exactly. You know? And other people will just be like, that's the way, the biggest waste of four hours I've ever well, I mean, you know, I mean, not to go so far off subject here, but we just found out that in a game that we both like to play, which is Ark, yeah, that Vin Diesel plays Ark. Vin Diesel's not only a huge D and D nerd, but a huge Ark player, too. which is fantastic at the same time. But now suddenly you've got a bunch of people who are like, "Oh, Ark, that stupid creative game! Like, why the heck is that getting a second version? Oh my God, Vin Diesel plays it! I wonder how much it is today." Something, you know, come on, guys. Yeah, exactly. Come on, come exactly. on, come on. Um. So, so anyway, uh, <laughs> not to get too far off topic. Um, <laughs> Hey, so this run, is our show. We can do whatever the hell we want. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so you've got your your fantasy LARPs. Um, the uh, arguably the SCA is a LARP. One hundred percent. Society for Creative Anachronisms, um, and they're more of a historical group. Um, but they yeah. they are enacting the roles of people from the time periods they are enthusi- enthusiastic about the history of. Very much so. And so they play a role. Mm-hmm. And there is like little in you know in time period societies that they yeah. that they put together, and there are rules, and there and are there's actually like live combat, very much so. That, especially yeah. a lot of their a lot of their medieval uh, folks will do. Yeah, but the the whole determination like there isn't a classic storyteller involved in the process, but there are officials mm-hmm. who keep safety and other things in concern. Yeah, you know, in check. Um, and and marshals to a degree who who kind of help guide things but most of it is run and most of the the um i will say the overarching plot although it's not so much a plot is just player to player interaction mm-hmm. within the rule set someone goes and challenges the kingship and based upon winning attorney becomes the king of that realm mm-hmm. and then they run events and do things and it's it is that progression, this this kind of noble hierarchy that sits within the system that keeps it going. And it's something to be kind of admired and respected, how long and how broad it is. Um, but even it, like anything else, is subject to all kinds of issues that any any normal game has. Sure, sure, absolutely. So. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's definitely a level of dedication too far for me, but uh, but from, from, kind of from, from a distance, I do admire it a little bit. You know? Yeah. And then you have the 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 um, Renaissance Festival participatrons, participatrons people who dress yeah. up and go there to play a role while walking around. And I think that is the lightest form of it. It's definitely the lightest form of it because it's not really technically a game, um, as much as it is just role playing. Well, it's role play and it's make believe. Sure, sure, you sure, know? sure. I I think you know it, though you know we're we're focusing a lot more on like tabletop games and mm-hmm. such like that. So I mean, being that there's no rules for being a participatron, but you are. Going and playing a role in an environment amongst others in a live action, you know, in a Same. live action sense. So it's it's a very light version of it, but yeah. it gets the idea across. Yeah, I mean, we're still 
using our imagination. We're still yeah. coming up with, with characters. We're still presenting those characters, whether it's in a light or a grand form. Speaking as that character, mm-hmm. interacting as that character. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Now, I think where we cross the line there is when you get into something like like murder mysteries, like those kind of things where you go to like a dinner theater mm-hmm. where you may not be involved. You may be witnessing it. So it kind of is... It's theater. It's not so much role play unless you're directly involved. Yeah. And I think there are some that cross that line a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then you have like escape rooms where you're directly involved with a set, but it's it's more of a but party game. Yeah, you're just you trying to interact with an Exactly. So I think that's really role play, but Yeah. I think that's different. I mean, you could argue that haunted houses Mm -hmm. are kind of role play to a degree. But but it's because it's make believe. I'm gonna it. have to see the math on that. Right, one. but again, I think we're talking at the far end of the spectrum the yeah. other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think what we'll talk about mostly today is your traditional storytelling environments and some light versions of that, and how yeah. and how it all fits together. Yep. So, uh, all right. So we talked a little bit about what LARP is and what are the different the different um, uh, incarnations it takes. Um, and keeping in mind too that the, like this. Uh, the the LARP genre, I suppose, kind of spans across all different um, storytelling styles. So you've got um, anything from like I've seen post apocalyptic LARPs that yeah. actually use like airsoft and paintball guns. Yeah, or or some actually use Nerf. Uh, yeah, some use Nerf, Nerf and weapons, some of that. Yeah. Um, but you you have like actual honest goodness projectile weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen uh, uh, Vampire the Masquerade LARPs. Um, one of the ones that, that I played in, in mm-hmm. fact, it was uh, also all, all World of Darkness. So there was werewolves, changelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no mage yet. Um, mage is hard. And there was and... one or two wraiths, I think. But, okay. Um, but it kind of had that whole World of Darkness genre to mm-hmm. it. And and I've I've definitely done World of Darkness in both a, a setting where it was mm-hmm. a constant uh, static location as well as done it at conventions. So I, I, I get the feel behind that where the rules are quite hard. Yeah, I mean they're set in stone. They're classic LARP, but it's very different. But uh, but that's a it's an instance of one that does not incorporate boffer weapons or anything like that. Like there's there's no contact in in World of Darkness. No, LARPs. no. Um, and so I I think that's uh, in, a, although, in a way. Although I laugh because it's World of Darkness, and the first thing most people think of is World of Darkness LARP. You mean goths? Getting dressed up and hanging out, smoking clove cigarettes, and yeah, I assure you, contact yeah. is involved at times in that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you know, w- w- did you play your Tremere or Toreador? Because that changes the whole gameplay right there. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no combat, as it were, saying in a physical sense. Sure, and, and the, the main reason I mention this is because um, I think you know. Uh, LARP being a full contact sport is kind of um, you know those two things are kind of synonymous with one another Very much in so. a lot of ways. Um, when you he- when you hear LARP, you imagine you know people running around in armor with padded weapons and stuff like that, and it's it's not always that way. You know there are LARP environments that are completely contactless, um, at least by the rules, anyways. Um, and so uh, we'll we'll discuss the the pros and cons of 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 it being a contact sport in a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, some of them even incorporate firearms, um, but keeping in mind that any LARP that incorporates contact, be it with, um, you know, paintball or airsoft, uh, firearms, or with boffer weapons and stuff like that, typically have, um, like, safety marshals or fighting marshals yes. that will patrol and basically be um, almost like a lifeguard functions at the pool. 
you know? Very much so. They basically just kind of walk around and watch the combat unfold and make sure that it's unfolding in a safe manner. Mm -hmm. And then they can call out rulings or even just stop everything if something, somebody gets hurt. Yep. Or if a rule gets broken and needs to be adjudicated right away. Yep. I mean, effectively, it's very much like uh, X-carding at a table where everything just pauses. And everybody agrees and, and carries that pause so that we all have an understanding that, hey, we're, we're pausing everything right now yeah. to make sure everyone's okay. The the LARP you and I both played in mm-hmm. um, had, you just, you call hold. And, and that was it. everybody had to repeat that, too. So mm-hmm. you, you would hear that echo across the field. You'd hold, 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 hold. Yep. And everyone would just take a knee. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're anywhere near where the original hold was called. Yep. Everyone takes a knee. Yep. And yep. everything stops until it gets, you know, you hear hold off. Yep. So. And that way, everybody's at a common ground. And it's mm-hmm. it's a safe word, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually a really great way of describing it as a safe word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything stops. Everybody makes sure everybody's okay. Character gets dropped instantly. Yep. You know. Um, and there have been a couple times where you know, we've had medical issues happen. Oh, yeah. Someone took a face shot and then fainted. Yep. Um, one time. Uh, I, I had my glasses literally separated from my face, mm-hmm. like split in the middle and sent in separate directions. I had to drive someone to the hospital one time because yeah. uh, they tried to vault something and um, didn't, didn't succeed. make it. Didn't succeed. Yeah. And yeah, there, there was an injury that involved. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it does happen. I mean, I know in the SCA uh, where you're dealing with uh, full plate mail and mm-hmm. shields and uh, and much more sturdy weapons than uh, than normally you would think. Oh yeah, uh, injuries can happen all the time. A lot of times they won't even recognize that it's happened. Oh yeah, um, because you know you know somebody drops back and it's not that big of a deal, but a safety person can easily see that and go, whoa, 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 that's not normal. Let's get let's get this person mm-hmm. immediate care, and they have paramedics on site ready to go. Oh God, I'm thinking of Viggo Mortensen mm. in uh, uh, Lord of the Rings when yep. he kicked the, the the orc helmet and broke his toe. Yeah, and screamed. And he was just so in character; he just kept right on with he, the scene. He you rolled know? with it. Yeah, uh, I remembered uh, a friend of ours who was involved in an SCA combat, and she took a. Uh, pole arm to the face mm-hmm. now she was wearing a helmet with a, a full uh mask on it rung her bell um, though i bet it completely rung her bell and actually blackened i think both of her eyes oh my goodness because it slammed the mask into her face oh my goodness um and and that kind of stuff happens it just it's it's a very i'm not gonna say violent because uh, you know not everyone there is is in it for the aggressive tendencies but they're in it for the combat tacticals of it and the group kind of foray but there are some people who are in it just to get out that energy you know and here's the thing too is that um having played in two fantasy larps not just the one Mm -hmm. um i i got a little dose of perspective um and you may have um remembered that uh uh playing in the in the the larp that that we both played in yes um we kind of had a reputation uh do you remember what the what the name what the words for that reputation were rhino hiding uh, no, I was going to say Rednecks with Baseball Bats. Oh, God, that one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so in, in the greater Michigan LARP community, our particular LARP was uh, known to be Rednecks with Baseball Bats. Yes. Um, and Swing hard s- with some very, very yeah, light padding. There were some people like who were used to SCA calibration. Well, they definitely were in both. Just came in and, and decided like they'd just swing for the fences. Yeah. And, you know, that wasn't always everyone's cup of tea. Um, no. Whenever I played an NPC and, you know, played a monster, uh, I would always gear up in my chain mail mm-hmm. um, that, I, that I made myself. No, that's pretty um, cool. 
and uh, I'm going to be smug about it for like three seconds here. Why not? Uh, just simply because whether whether my my character is supposed to be wearing armor or not, just simply because if I'm if I was be- to become a target, which all monsters inevitably do, mm-hmm. uh, someone was going to hit me. Yeah, and I wanted some extra padding on that, you know. Um. But then I played in another LARP actually that uh, was introduced to me through uh, through Sean, mm-hmm. and I found out why we had that reputation in the other LARP is for rednecks and baseball bats mm-hmm. because their calibration was so much lighter. Yeah, like they really like when I went in there and like used honest to goodness combat stance and tactics with my pole arm, they were amazed. They, they were didn't like, know you. What are you even doing? Like you're a master tier fighter here and i'm like this is the second time in my life i've used a pole arm so i don't know if i'm a master tier fighter but the fact that i've got you know a good stance and a good grip on it and i've got a good lunge with it mm-hmm. and i can get some distance like that just really threw them off because they weren't used to that level of fighting yeah theirs are basically like did you make contact did you say a number then yeah that's fighting yeah i mean it's the it was funny for me the first time that i went out to a different uh, LARP after playing for years at the one that we'd played at and I'd started re- very young mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I remember stepping out there and just doing basic combat and realizing that they had no idea what they're doing some of these players had been there for months if mm-hmm. not years and they just never really advanced mm-hmm. because it wasn't as important and I think that was the key difference there they were more about the game yeah. and less about the combat and I was looking at it, I was prepared for the combat, and that really didn't happen much. And I thought that that was interesting. It was an interesting difference. And you find that system to system. Yeah. I mean, again, you get to World of Darkness, and combat becomes very um, theoretical and logical. Yeah. Yeah. you got to think your way through a situation versus brute your way through a situation. Exactly. When you're in a contactless system, combat just becomes narration. Yeah. At that point, with some, you know, some rules adjudications. I mean, it's still tactical. There's still your people who are going to crunch the numbers in their heads of, like, what are the odds that I'm going to be able to achieve this against that person? And will I be able to then take the next thing that I need to be able to do and push it on? You know, in a political sense, less of a, you know, physical motivational sense of, of, of being able to do it. But it's, mm-hmm. in the end, it's it's similar, whereas in a, in a physical combat game, how many times I can hit you is really the win. Yeah. I mean, I don't care what numbers you're swinging, but if you never make contact with me, it doesn't matter how big badass you think you are. Yep. And that really changed the game a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Knox is in the live chat with us. He's, uh, as, as I said earlier, the one who introduced this topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's, he's asking, you have to shout numbers? Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, so... Unlike in, you know, in tabletop D&D, you're going to roll dice, mm-hmm. and that's going to say how much damage your longsword does. Well, um, you've got a, typically in most LARP settings, you're going to have a number that is calculated off of, like, whatever skills your character mm-hmm. has, um, and how what the base weapon damage is, and such like that, um, for how much damage that weapon does every time you make contact with your opponent. And so, because they really have no way of knowing how much damage they're supposed to be taking... Um, because there's no dice or anything like that, and they don't know what skills you have, right. you say the number. So every time I reach out and hit Rob with a boffer sword, I say three, 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 mm-hmm. three, every strike. Yeah. Um, and if I use something big, I might call like a, you know, three, 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 death strike. Right. 
or, you know, something like that. Yeah, if I sneak up on you, I might use a backstab or an assassinate. And then it kind of becomes a mental challenge of, I know how many hit points I have. He said three, 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 that's 15. Sounds about right. And then I, that's, that's how many hit points I have. So I drop. Right. You know, um, there's a lot of honor system. It's a very there's a lot of trust. Yeah, there's in a, that there's, sense. A, there's a lot of trust in in LARP, and we'll we'll, we'll elaborate that uh, a little bit later. I think we've got a little more. We dig a little deeper into that point, but yeah, that's basically how LARP combat happens. Mm-hmm. Mo- most of it, most, most of, it. of it, yeah. There are some systems that are lighter than that, where they literally just do you hit in the arm, you lose your arm. You you know, oh, I have armor on, so I can take two shots to the arm. You know, or mm-hmm. I can take two shots to the leg, um, or I have a chest piece, so that means I can take two shots or three shots to the chest. Right. You right. know, and no one's allowed to get hit in the head in this game because you know, uh, you know, there are no helmets or whatever allowed. And those kinds of systems are just as valid as anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some games where every sword always does the same amount of damage. Mm-hmm. Every you know axe does the same amount of damage. So it's it's very easy to that no one calls numbers because you know what everything is doing. Yep. Yep. Um, and that simplifies the system greatly. Yeah. Uh, Nox says, I have no ideas what the rules are. Um, well, we don't really either, um, honestly. there Every LARP kind of has its own rule system. Yep, exactly. So uh, we can tell you basically kind of how it happens in LARP society yep. in general terms, but we couldn't tell you... That's the difference between Palladium and D&D and anything else. Yeah. Every, like, in Palladium, you're going to be doing, you know, 1D4 SDC. Whereas in D&D, you might be doing, you know, a D8 plus your strength. Yeah. Like, every rule system is a little different. You've got to get into the game to be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And again, some games are rules rules lighter. Uh, and if, if it's not a system that you... If you're not someone to be doing math on the fly, like, I was not, but I still made it work. Um, sometimes those systems just don't work out. So. Yeah. Um, so... Traditional uh, LARPs, when you're doing things, you've got your combat LARPs, like we were talking about, uh, in our case, Kinar or Nero or Carps. Uh, Carps. De- mm-hmm. uh, and what is it? De- it's da- Dag- da- Dagger here. Dagger here. I can never say it right because I always just call it Dag, which has been around since the 70s, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah 1977. Um, it's one of the earliest LARPs. Yeah. yeah and it's still huge it's it's i would say in the u.s specifically it's still a good sized larp and and i'm not going to say as strong as the sca in numbers just because the the sca is has a much wider breadth when it goes into yeah it's crafting and 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 lore and such um because it's much more historical but um i would say it definitely sits at about that same level with just because i've talked to multiple people in multiple states and they've they've heard of dag or they have a friend who plays dag and has gone to ragnarok which is their big thing mm-hmm. um where people come in from other states to play i mean it's it's impressive really yeah. i mean it's it's yeah. kind of cool i mean but then you get into like the sca where literally when they get together at penzik uh which is their big like uh, um convention oh, yeah. if you will oh yeah um the u.s government gets the numbers from it and then uses it to train spotters to do counts Oh, wow. Yeah, they'll fly over it because of the tents and everything, and those people will then give numbers back and say, okay, how close was I? And they know the counts for the day, and it's to help them figure out, like, oh, we need to know how many people are in this, you know, refugee camp. We're going to fly something over. We need an estimation based upon that. That's what they're training for. And they use that. They get their own post 
uh, number. They get they, they get a uh, a zip code. That's amazing for Penzik because there's that many people there. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. They have a postmaster general as oh, well. Geez. It's it's incredible. It really is. They, That's crazy. I had no idea yeah. about any of that. Yeah, yeah. It's an it's an impressively large community mm-hmm. um, that is surprisingly well organized yeah surprisingly for for a game i mean that's effectively what it is yeah man. um although if you tell them that they're playing a game there's a lot of them rah, 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 you know it's not a game it's a historical society right, right 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 yeah, yeah oh, you that. okay dude yeah it's it, your your name is society for creative anachronisms come on yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's just lean into that a little bit um but then you've got stuff like uh vampire which is kind of run much like the world of vampire in a lot of ways it's yeah. little little fiefdoms with storytellers and their own little pieces and people tend to come and go in them as they feel yeah and and very um uh very uh socially based um i mean there's there's definitely some combat and stuff like that um, yeah that takes place in 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 its, in its own way because like i said it's a contactless thing uh but you will find that a vampire larp a lot of times you're trying to talk your way or manipulate your way or con your way through your problems rather than just outright trying to kill everything that uh that, that that's different from you um the thing that i really liked about world of darkness um and i know this is this is a uh maybe a sticking point for some people but i i tended to like it is that conflicts are resolved in world of darkness larps with rock paper scissors yeah and it's now in in one sense you're like I am an almighty vampire I am a a minion of the night <laughs> I am a drinker of blood rock paper, paper scissors. scissors rock, rock paper, paper scissors, scissors. <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. ha I win yes um and I, I I get that that seems a little hokey to some people in the same way that lightning bolt seems a little hokey to some yeah. people but um I mean you got to have conflict resolution some way and it's better than keeping a pocket full of dice yeah. You know, and a rolling surface with you at all times, like exactly. Um, and it's quick. Yeah, it's remarkably quick, but but it's also at the same time remarkably complex because, um, there's like uh, there's a trait bidding aspect to things mm-hmm. where you know if I'm much more powerful than you, I can outbid you in traits and essentially mm-hmm. just you know like it doesn't matter how many rock paper scissors you win against me, I'm just stronger than you. Right. Um. Or just faster, or just smarter, whatever. Yeah. Um, you've then also, and I think I've mentioned this before in other podcasts, um, is uh, it's, it introduces the bomb as yeah. a fourth thing you can throw. And that's a fist with your thumb up to represent the wick. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bomb destroys rock and scissors. No, sorry, rock and paper, but you can snip these. The, uh, yeah, there's the a way to survive. Scissors. Yeah. Um, so it's a gamble. Yeah. It beats two out of three. But if you declare you're throwing the bomb, or you can throw the bomb, which you have to do to mm-hmm. be able to use it, yep. um, it may bait them into throwing scissors. So you may just say, I can throw the bomb, and then you throw a rock instead to yep. smash their scissors. Eh, there's there's mind games involved. Yeah, I mean, just as much as any other combat, there's there's still a little bit of tactical yeah. to it, So which there's, makes it fun. There's a little tactic, but a little mind game. And I think the mind game is very infitting with the setting of World of Darkness. Yep. You know, because manipulating your opponent is pretty much bread and butter there. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, like, you've got various hand symbols, I remember, that you... Yeah, uh, over your head was... Is uh, out of character. Yep, you've got the fist up to the side, which was, uh, I think, uh, one of the, like, I'm in shadows. Uh, no, that's your arms crossed across you, like, like you're like you're laying yeah. in repose. Yeah, was I'm in shadows. Like, the touching the opposite shoulder with your hand. Yeah. But I remember there was, like, you had the umbra, 
you had shadows, you had all these different ways that you could be obfuscated. Oh, yeah. And that people could see those different obfuscations based upon what they had the abilities to see. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it altered things. So you could be in a room and no one would know you were there. They would have to ignore you. Right, you right, know? right, right. So, you know, there, there was there was cool representations of supernatural, you know, happenings mm-hmm. that you could still do in a live action role play. And another thing that was different about uh, Vampire was it was often played in common spaces with other people. Like, I played at a cafe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it was a pretty seriously large cafe, but let's leave it at that. <laughs> I don't know if it's still there or not, but I played at Fortress Games and Comics in yep. East Lansing when I was yep. up at Michigan State. And then I played at conventions uh-huh. where it's it's not just one necessarily set area. It's still kind of a common area. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea is, is that, yeah, the, the vampire world is mixed with the common world. Yeah. And you've got to kind of manage that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't break the veil. And and that was a the whole mas- the, the masquerade, the masquerade itself. Yeah. yeah, I keep calling it the veil because that's where it's gone to. But yeah, mm-hmm. the masquerade itself. If you if you violate the masquerade, the prince will come down upon you. Oh yeah, yeah you yeah. know. So it's it's interesting what where where LARPs go. I mean, whereas like with the SCA, it is always its own setting where it's ever it's at. They set up tents. They make it the they make it a theater of history. Mm-hmm. You know, in full costumes that are representative of the time period, as accurate as possible, even hand-stitched or hand-crochet and hand-knit. You know, uh, their their armor is as accurate as possible, uh, made by armor smiths and having to be maintained by such. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got high-level crafters who get accolades and become laurels, which means they are a, a master in what they do at some level. Um, and they may get additional accolades given to them by heraldry um, on top of that to denote uh, deeds that they had done mm-hmm. or accomplishments mm-hmm. that they've had. So much like a sorority or a fraternity, it has meaning outside of the SCA. Like oh, yeah. I can put down that I'm a laurel in the SCA, you know, in uh, not me personally, I'm not going to take that total, but I could as an individual, you know, put that down and say, you know, uh, I'm a laurel in uh, scripture. Mm-hmm. you know, and under, you know, apprenticed under this individual. And if I go to a certain job, somebody may look at that and say, oh, you dedicated a lot of time and, and you have accolades. I'd like to see your accolades. Yeah. And they can contact your masters and, and get the information. And that's because it shows dedication. Oh, they have like online registries for all this stuff too. Very so, much yeah. so. Very much so. And like another you can, thing. You can look a person up. You, uh, you can go place to place i could you know if i was in the sca and i had to travel to europe there's plenty of people there in the sca who i could connect with Mm -hmm. you know and i think that was beautiful i often talked about talked to friends who were in uh the pittsburgh area about friends who were in the toronto area and they knew them Mm -hmm. they 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 knew of them they knew of their their knights and so oh yeah yeah i fought him in his tourney i i think i did see that person as square and then when they would meet up in game quote unquote Uh in sca they would talk about me as an individual in that world like oh you're familiar with lord avi yes 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 we're we're good friends we we've met in midgard you know Uh you know uh where where they're from you know and they will use the terms of the areas because everything's patterned out like technically i'm i'm in a specific realm right now yeah yeah and there's yeah. barons who are here and, and look over it. And that's how you connect with people. And I think that in itself has a beauty to be able to say, where do I, you know, I want to get involved in the SCA. Who do I know local? I can literally look it up, find the exact baron who's in the area and know what nights they get together. Mm-hmm. Or I can go somewhere. Like I used to go dancing in an arbor for their dance nights mm-hmm. just for fun. And it was neat because I would learn classic dancing. Yeah. 
And uh, I, I did dinners with a couple friends uh, where we would cook for people. And oh, it was fun. God. We made huge meals. I would love to, like, if, if I ever did get involved in the SCA, I would love to do the culinary stuff. Like, just, just digging up, you know, 400-year-old you know, recipes, 500-year-old recipes, and just making them with, you know, authentic ingredients and authentic cookware. I think that'd be great. I, I, Knox brings up an interesting thing. I'm just to, to, to kind of a jump here. is like a LARP obstacle courses, like Dragon Lair style. And all I can think of some of those Japanese shows. Oh, yeah, Takeshi's Yoshi, Castle. Yeah, Takeshi's and, Castle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like those kind of things. Like, technically, you're they're putting on costumes and doing crazy things. I mean... It's a game show, but that's funny to think so, about it that way. All right, no, re- re- real talk though. Real talk though. Okay, okay. All right, if you're doing right, right. a LARP obstacle course, sure. okay. So, um, first thing I'm thinking is, okay, cool idea. Yeah. However, um, inherent safety concerns. Oh God, yeah. Um, because we're talking about possible liability if yeah. anybody gets hurt on any of those obstacles. Um, second off, there is a cost component in putting together an obstacle course together. So where are we getting the funds from? Is this something we can get from the game or is this something that we are going to fund ourselves? Blow your mind. You ready? Mm. You ever heard of Tough Mudder? I've heard of it. That's effectively what you're talking about without character sheets. Yeah, okay, okay. I mean, that's Tough Mudder. People pay to go get muddy and dirty and go through an obstacle course that is dangerous and they have to sign off on. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's that's it. That's it right there. That's fair. That's fair. People literally get themselves ready for for years to mm-hmm. go to some of these crazy events. But anyways, it illustrates the yeah. point that there's a lot that goes into this sort of thing. It's yeah. not just a bunch of people going, oh, that's great. We're just going to dress up and hit each other. You know, there are like, you know, a lot of organization, organization and, and underpinnings of, of uh, hierarchy and, and red tape and bureaucracy that yeah. uh, keep these things going because it's not just as simple as four people and a, and a game master sitting at a table. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think that actually kind of leads us into our pros and cons oh, yeah. pretty nicely. Uh, cause we'll, some of the things I'm describing are already written down in our cons section. So we'll, we'll get there very quickly. <laughs> um, so what does LARP do? Well, what, why would you want to go to a LARP? Um, I think what it is, is that's the, it, it is a, a top level of escapism. In that I can go and play myself. I can go remove myself from society for a little while and be my character mm-hmm. and be with other people. And I'm, you know, we're not getting the distractions of the pizza or the bills or the, you know, door, you know, being, you know, so, you know, someone, something new coming through our door, or our phone ringing or whatever. It's, it's a detachment. In the case of the SCA, it's a full detachment. I'm, I'm doing something totally yeah. different. I'm crafting. I'm doing whatever. Um, so it, it gives us that, av- that accessibility in a community mm-hmm. that also wants to do that with you. Yeah. yeah it's I, in that investment. I think that's, that's, that's two great points right there. I mean, you've, you've got 30 people who all want to play the same game. Mm-hmm. You've got a, you have a small society there, Yeah, you know, all, all working for the same goal. And honestly, that's really cool that you can almost build a living, breathing society out of a, out of a group of people who all buy into the same make-believe, you know? Um, it's one thing when you're, when you're in a tabletop game, for for contrast, where your 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 storyteller has to do voices for everybody, yeah, and your party is just four people, and those are like the only four people you ever really interact with, you know. Yeah, and you feel like in four hours you didn't get anything done. Yeah, I Whereas... can straight up tell you at a LARP in four hours you're not going to get much done either. But it's very different. <laughs> it's very different. There's a thing we call LARP time. Yes. Um, but the the other thing though is the immersion. Yeah, and and I think that's that's the big one for me. Yeah, is that if you think that putting on some music and having cool painted miniatures and some nice terrain is going to really immerse you in the game. Mm-hmm. 
that isn't scratching the surface of what you get at a LARP. Yeah. When you are, and, and this kind of brings me back to that YouTube clip. Yeah. Of the, you know, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. Yeah, when you take it out of context and you look at it as just a 30-second a clip on YouTube, it looks ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what. When you are standing there after spending literally hours in character, standing there in a full costume mm-hmm. with a with a, a albeit padded sword on your hip mm-hmm. and a shield on your arm, mm-hmm. and the sun is setting, and you hear a war horn, mm-hmm. and you just know that the orcs are coming, mm-hmm. and as the you, you've lit the tiki torches along the trail, so you have some light. And you hear the footsteps coming. Yeah. And you're like, you you, you get tense Mm -hmm. because you know that like you've got that like almost Helm's Deep moment of, you know, it begins. Yeah. Where you know that that you're on the eve of battle and you've got your battle brothers and your battle sisters next to you. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have a you're going to have a fight. And that like, man. When they show up and they're just a bunch of, you know, 20-somethings wearing sashes that say orc on them, mm-hmm. also holding duct tape and, and foam padding, you know, weapons. Yeah. But there's a there's a thing in your head that says, no, those are orcs. Yeah. There's a level of immersion you reach where suddenly your suspension of disbelief jumps that gap. Yeah. And it's real enough. It's real enough to evoke the emotion it's looking for. Yeah. Or you're, you're sitting there, you're having a nice quiet night. And you're talking to someone across the fire from you, and they look beyond you, and their eyes get big. Mm-hmm. And you're like, there's something behind me. And as you turn to look in the darkness, green eyes blink back at you. Mm-hmm. And then there's another set, and another set. And you slowly turn and realize you're surrounded by blinking green eyes. That is a terrifying feeling. I bet. And... and it, those kind of moments pull you right out of where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, just as much as a heavy battle at SEI, I've, I've watched some of the battles that uh, that happen at Penzik, which are huge. They're they're huge siege battles. Mm-hmm. They're unreal by by most people's standards. Giant groups of shield walls slamming into each other while pole arms are jabbing above them and arrows are being shot at range to try and just get a little bit of an edge on people. Mm-hmm. You know. And you see someone go down and you watch as people like quickly step to cover over them and make sure that that gap is filled and, you know, that they're they're not going to be able to break through that section. Well, another group is literally spinning and flanking and you see the terror in these people's eyes. And as they're like, we're, we're being we're going to get crushed through and it happens mm-hmm. and it's it's intense and it's it's tactical and it's amazing to watch. Um but it's that suspension of disbelief that is then encapsulated by all of the efforts that everyone brings to the table, not just the storyteller. Oh, yeah. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, Sean, Sean threw in the uh, the general links and images um, a link for uh, for me. There's a YouTube channel called Tasting History. Okay. That does exactly what I was talking about oh, with the SCA thing. There you go. Going through all those old ancient uh, uh, recipes and, and making yeah. them authentically. Yes, yes. Um, all right. So what else? Um, I think, uh, one of the other big, big pulls for LARP for me was that it pulled on so much of a, um, a different skill set for me. Mm -hmm. Um, was it, uh, things like, you know, are are you into costuming? 
are you into leatherworking, making fun props? Are you a blacksmith? Like, uh, one of our mutual friends, um, actually is a, is a pretty decent leather worker. Indeed. Indeed. Um, and you know, has, has all his own tools and dyes and stuff like that. And, uh, has made some really remarkable stuff. Yeah. Um, all for, for LARP. Yeah. You know? I mean, he made me some impressive armor. Yeah. Years ago. And it, it's still great today. Uh, I remember him being in a blue and black set of armor. He made that himself? Uh, blue and silver and black, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he made that one as well. I actually yep. remember when in-game he got what he needed to make it. Mm-hmm. It was quite impressive. Yeah. Uh, yep. But uh, but that's not something you're going to do for a tabletop game, you know? No, not not traditionally. I mean, I've seen a couple of tabletop games where you've got people who are crafty and can do that kind of stuff. Sure. But again like but i'm not learning to make chain mail for tabletop but i'll no. tell you what i learned how to make chain mail for uh yep. for larp yep yep and i i made my own vest and uh i yeah. actually i made a couple of them yeah. um got a little bit better with uh with with, with each one cuz the first one was really meh. so my my concerns now start coming into that a little bit all right and i'm going to open with one of the concerns and that is uh, just like any other society, LARPing can be very gatekeeping as well. Mm-hmm. For instance, I know people who got upset when people would make aluminum chainmail versus traditional, mm-hmm. uh, um, not steel, but uh, uh, galvanized yeah, yeah, galvanized uh, chainmails. And uh, I, I just remember those days where like, you, you, what did you make that out of? Like ring links? Like you just connected a whole bunch of key rings to make that and you're like dude he freaking made chainmail somehow it doesn't really matter how he made it yeah yeah but that's not the way you're supposed to make it i'm like okay you're so you're gatekeeping how to make your fake armor right your sword is made out of pvc pipe foam padding and duct tape no and no no, yet, no and yet you're complaining that his chainmail that he made is aluminum but and not steel. My sword is actually made out of rattan, which is way better than your oh. sword and is going to last so much longer. My bad. Yeah, my and bad. that's I think one of the things, and it it get it gradually gauges up from that. Yep. I, yep. I've known many stories with people in the SCA who are who basically left it because the gatekeeping was too much for them. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, it's sad in any society, but the more people involved, the more it gets like that. Yep. yep. Um. You also, um, because a lot of these LARPs are not a curated guest list, Mm. um, your tabletop game, you get to say who's invited. A LARP, you don't generally. They're they're pretty open to the public. If you're willing to pay the the entry fee, you you are able to show up. Yeah. Um, And so you can end up with some real trash individuals there. Yeah. And it's hard to weed that trash out the bigger the group and the least amount of marshals and least rules that are there for the social aspects. Yeah. And it's like, hey, we're just here to hit each other with sticks and move on. And it's like, great. And that guy's a total knob. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not having fun. Well, go play with somebody else. Right. Right. You know, it's a big game. Go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, Um I think that's another piece to that is some of those people can get very lost in their physicalness. Um, for yep. instance, you know, over overexerting themselves or not gauging their targets at all, which is often a common thing to happen with, you know, as you get into the moment. But some people just don't care and like, oh, you're going to cry. I'm going to bully. Yeah, you know, times, yep. um, uh, physical games um, also are. Um, unfortunately and and fortunately based off of your own physical preparedness mm. um so as such it can be first off inaccessible to people with disabilities yes if you're not able to run around and hit people with sticks well then you know unfortunately that's a big part of the game yeah. um 
It can be. It definitely can be. But also, you know, and this is a, kind of one of those arguments we, we hear, like, about uh, social situations and stuff like that in our tabletop games, mm-hmm. is that it does – it is basically based off of your physical prowess. If you're yeah. a good sword fighter in real life, you're a good sword fighter in LARP. Traditionally, And vice yeah. versa. If yeah. you're not a good sword fighter, you're not going to be able to represent a good sword fighter just be, you know, it's not it's not as imaginary as tabletop is. Likewise, so, uh, in some of the social aspects, you know, if if I'm playing vampire, if I'm not a social person yet I'm playing a socialite character, mm-hmm. it shows. Like I'm not going to be nearly as eloquent or yeah. able to work with people, and that's going to reduce the number of people who are willing to play with me. Because there's there's no standing there going, uh, you know what I'm saying? Make a persuasion check. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not going to happen. It's, you don't have a persuasion check. You have the words coming out of your mouth. Right, and yeah. I I think that weighs very heavily on those social games as well. Um, especially people who are interested in getting into them now feel crippled by not being able to be very social. Mm-hmm. I think that both of those then lead into uh, the th- the the other big thing is expense. Yeah. If you go to either of those types of things unprepared physically, like I'm not able to bring a, the right game to it. I'm not able to bring uh you know my my right sword or clothing or armor or I come to an event undressed properly. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm dressed down and yet my character is supposed to be this other standing it really makes a huge impact on the setting yeah. and, and people's acceptance of you in that setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's gatekeeping for the individuals who are like that. There are some games that look at it as, oh, you tried as hard as you can. That looks fantastic. Let's yeah. let's roll with this. Yeah. And that's the difference. Is that It just comes down to, did you find the right game and the right people? Yeah, and I, I think some, you know, they're not all created equal. Yeah. Um, you're going to find good groups. You're going to find bad groups. Um, God, I know one of the, uh, one of the biggest expenses for me was actually time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an hour and a half drive out to the, from where I lived at the time when yeah. I was playing that LARP. Yeah. Um, and then when I switched over to the LARP that, that Sean introduced me to, that was, uh, uh, at least an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah, just getting to the places was challenging for yep. me as well. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, all right. You want to, you want to take some questions? Well, I think I want to talk about the last thing that really makes it challenging. Oh yeah. 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 Sorry. Trust. It yes. Was, and I think within that trust of of just like especially in games where there's a lot of contact, um that trust that we build around our little table mm-hmm. now expands to a much larger group and that becomes challenging. Oh, it you really can't does. trust each other and losing that trust because you lost the distance between you and your character mm-hmm. becomes a really big issue. Yeah. Is that people are like, well that was just in game. And if I've already got a social problem where i can't necessarily not say problem let me rephrase that if i already have a deficiency and be able to read social reactions that's amplified by the fact that now i can't tell whether you're in or out of character yep yep and some people take that in and out of character they're, they're in character way too far mm-hmm. and that really makes it challenging for people so it can it can make make it very difficult for people to identify those social constructs and build trust again yeah absolutely so absolutely yeah yeah so um, the only other thing I was going to talk about was the power curve, but I think that's per system. It's 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 per system. Um, yeah, but but it it it's a living. Most LARPs are living games. 
Yes. Um, and so you have to have some sort of character advancement, you know, very much like experience points and such like that. And so sometimes you're jumping into a game that has not kept a cap on its power curve. Mm-hmm. You're jumping in as a newbie into an environment built around people who've been playing it for 17 years. And while they are calling 100 damage per swing, you call four. Yeah. And the monsters that they are throwing out there are need to be a challenge for them. Yep. So they are big enough that they have 700, 800, 900, 4,000 hit points. Yep. And you're four, you're not going to hit them a thousand times. No. You're just not. You know. So. Yeah. Uh, that's It's something to take, in, take into account. Now, questions, yes? Yes, let's get into these. All we got right. a decent amount of them. <laughs> the Mad Elf poses probably the best question we had this week. Yes. Why? Why did we do that? <laughs> I don't... I, I don't know, Mad Elf. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I think one of the main reasons why I started it was because of my cousin. Like, yeah, I got into gaming because I got into LARPing because and gaming totally, mm-hmm. really from my cousin because his friends started it. Mm-hmm. Um, the game that we actually played was started by my cousin and his friends. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I went to events with him, and then it grew from there for me. And I thought it was really great, and I wanted to keep giving into it. Um, and in that sense, it was. It was fun. It was a lot of fun for that. It was me connecting with my family and then me finding new family. And I don't regret it. Yeah. There are moments that I regret from it, but for the most part, I don't, I definitely don't regret the people that I met and the, the times that I have, because I have amazing friends because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute hard same on the, I met some really amazing people who are still my friends. Um, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I'm an immersion junkie. Yeah. And so I definitely got into it. Uh, I was already dressing up to go to the Renaissance Festival and such like that and kind of gathering my own costuming. And then when I found out that uh, there was a place where I could do that and play D&D, hey, I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, so Overwatch asks, uh, is there a dream LARP either of you wished existed? Is there a nightmare LARP you wish never was? I think for me, I would... And I've seen some of these starting to come together, and that was the... Um, the high, uh, the high quality, like Disney World, like LARP, oh, where yeah, it's yeah, set yeah. and it's good. There, there's one out in Utah that's trying to do that right now. Um, Nevermore, ever, evermore, Nevermore, Evermore, Evermore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's amazing to think that that's a thing that's happening within within our world. I mean, we definitely have the talent out there. Uh huh. It's it, it's it can happen. Um. As for a nightmare LARP, I went to Gen Con a few years back, and it didn't surprise me that every single hotel had a a 24-7 LARP going of something. Mm -hmm. It surprised me that there was some that were so disjointed from reality Mm -hmm. that it clearly was something it was beyond escapism you'd lost the larp aspect yeah and it was just pure escapism and and it didn't feel right to me because once you remove hedonistic to a fault almost i think that's a great way of putting it yeah like it, it gave me pause and concern yeah gotcha that not only are you are you showing the fact that you have this level of of disjoint from reality, but you're also going to now exploit it and drag in more society to this hedonistic, you know, uh, um, loss. Mm-hmm. And you could say that that happens in, in pretty much anywhere, but that's, that's uncomfortable for me that it's, that it, it pushes into that level of pollution. Sure. Sure. 
Um, I think my my fantasy LARP. Um, uh, I I I may I may have some half written rules for my own LARP <laughs> that I was telling you about earlier. Yeah. Um. They're half written though, because I don't, I don't know if I have the heart to finish them or the drive to. Uh, But uh, I would say it would be a fantasy LARP with uh, just really smooth rules. Um, The biggest thing I've always had um, in LARPs is that the rules are always felt too clunky and almost like people, the people, people who wrote them couldn't let go of the tabletop systems they were based on. And I think your rules need to be written for LARP. And I think if you if if you do that and you keep your power curve in check, Mm -hmm. um, you can you can write some real cool. You can have some real cool role play. What's your nightmare? Uh, honestly, it's, it's more of a situation than a LARP. Um, I, I don't know that I would classify any LARP as a nightmare, but any situation where people can't tell fantasy from reality in game from out of game, mm-hmm. that's what got me out of my last LARP. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what, that's what, that's what stopped me from going to LARP altogether was that yep. I had real bad taste in my mouth when I took issue with somebody's in game actions and they then more or less slandered me out of game yeah. for it. And I had to deal with all that fallout. So yep. loss of self too far. Hell is other people. Yes. Uh, so Knox in the box asks, are there DM refs in LARP? How many? I clearly know nothing about any of this. How does combat work? We kind of covered that. Yep. Do you have to announce item usage? You do. Yes, you do. Uh, do you have to keep track of anything? Um, yeah. Or how do you keep track of anything? Uh, you typically, some some have used tags. Spell, spell packets themselves. Yeah. Hence the lightning bolt. Yeah. They are saying that because... That is what they're casting, and they're yeah. expending that resource. They might have to check a spell list in at the beginning of the day and mark those off mm-hmm. or validate. I know sometimes with uh, certain games, there's life tokens yep. um, that you have so many of. Um, so, yeah, there's there's all kinds of minutia rules based upon the system that you're playing. Yep, and as far as DMs uh, and refs yeah. go, yeah, there are, like, combat marshals. There are rules marshals. There's a, typically a storyteller who dictates what goes on in the actual mm-hmm. story. Um, yeah, there's 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 quite a bit of hierarchy that, that takes place there, at least in a well-organized LARP. Yeah. Um, Draven asks, what is your favorite portrayal of LARPing in movies and TV? Uh, is the most accurate depiction that we've seen? Honestly, um, it's really hard to see a good depiction, in my personal opinion. Yeah. I Everything think... is so tropey that they, they take it to a comical level yeah. or to a sadistic level. Yeah. And I, I don't like any of that because they don't understand it. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't really know of a really good depiction of it. I would say that. Um, I don't think there could be a good depiction of it without a lot of time. Um, yeah. I think the... I think there was an episode of Supernatural that also had Felicia Day in it, if no, I remember that correctly. that makes sense. Um, that was pretty decent. Okay. But I, I don't know that I ever saw it even, so... It's, yeah. Um, yeah. So I would say at this point in time, I really haven't seen anything. Uh, on the other hand, if you are in our Discord and there is something that I have missed that I need to be watching, yeah, please means, post it, it up there us. so we can uh, we can definitely it. look into it. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about in-game rewards. Yeah. Balancing uh, loot, alternative rewards, things like that. And what to do in that dreaded situation when you give something that is too powerful for your campaign. Yeah, because we've always done that at some point in our game, and it just ends up getting us so wrong. Oh my god, and then like your next three encounters, you're just like, how do I even deal with this guy? <laughs> True. 
Well, you can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave, on MixLR if you're listening live tonight, uh, or on every Wednesday night at 7 uh, at MixLR.com slash dash Conclave. Uh, please check our Twitter uh, to be able to join our Discord. We love having people join our Discord. Uh, you can find that uh, on our Twitter link or on uh, our website at StorytellerConclave.com. I want to give a big shout out to our Patreon members, uh, Knox in the Box, for suggesting this uh, show topic. Sam, yes. the Arcane Asylum, and Sparkle Motion, thank you so much for supporting us. Our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. Uh, you can find them at patreon.com slash arcane anthems. Our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find them at geefrogmusic.weebly.com. And our outro music, which you're hearing now, is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find her at soundcloud.com slash midairmachine slash tracks. We'd like to thank our families, Vicky, Sean. Thank you so much for helping us with all this. All of our friends who've sat at our table and helped us through gaming, as well as uh, our, the YouTubes that we end up having to watch to catch up <laughs> on things. And you, our listeners, we love all of you. We love you. Good night. Good night. <laughs>